0: Okay. Too much horror business. Driving late at night. Psycho seventy eight. Twelve o'clock. Don't be late. I said all this horror be.
1: Greetings and salutations. My name is Justin Lore. And I'm Liam O'Donnell. And you are listening to episode 140, a good, wholesome, pure number, according to Liam, <laughs> of horror business. Horror and this business. Is extra, and this is extra special because we are joined by the wonderful this is a, Diana Koch, rhymes with scotch.
2: Yes, it does. <laughs>
1: of the, oh, oh, fuck, I can't, let me get this. Giallo the four, Month Club. Giallo the Month Club. I was, for, for whatever reason, I was going to say girls, guts, and giallos, but that's not it. Giallo of the Month Club. That's a podcast.
2: That's my podcast. I have listened to that girl's guts Jalo. Not a lot of Jalo in that one though. A little uh,
0: misleading. Yeah. I don't yeah. like it. Don't you're, like you're it. S- it's still fun. It's a I sexy,
2: mean, it's like a sexy podcast. Yeah, no yeah. judge no
0: judgment uh, on that, but I do like lot judge Lots of I'm judging it. I, I don't like it. I don't like well, sex. Well, Lori, you don't like I was gonna say you don't like sex or sexiness, so yeah. that's hard for you. As a virgin, I can't. It makes me fucking want to vomit. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> Just it's skeevy in your <laughs> skeevy in your in it's, your draws. It's
1: fucking sinful
0: is what it is. <laughs> uh hey Diana, welcome. Thank you so much for, for joining us, uh for choosing these two uh interesting movies that I think we would not maybe have had <laughs> a chance to get to. Uh and really I I wanna say I hope people have checked out the episode that I did of Jail of the mm-hmm. Month Club, where you put up with me ranting about white of the eye for way too long, just running my fucking mouth like a cri- Justin, you're talking about my you know, brains being weird, people having obsessions, um I just rant and rant and rant about white of the eye like like something is wrong. It's it's a crazy episode. No, it
2: was awesome. It was a great episode. You really dove into the director, which I had no idea about most most of his life or his filmography. And we talked about a bunch of stuff and you like definitely shared a lot of knowledge. So thank you for that.
0: I appreciate that. And I appreciate the opportunity because I did that research because that was the movie that we had picked, and I thought, well, I know a little bit about this guy, but let me look into it a little bit more. And I ended up watching more of his movies and, get, and reading about his life, and watching a little documentary about him, and like getting all into it because it was actually really interesting. Whereas there's plenty of times, Justin, you know this, where we pick something that we think is going to be cool, and then we start doing a little bit of research, and it's like I don't care about this. No, that's <laughs> it's just it's just not yeah. that interesting. You know, and that just turned out to be an interesting topic. Yeah. Dana, can you tell us about the two movies that you chose for us?
2: Yeah. What, uh, what, what, what movies are we talking about today? All right. So on this episode, we were talking about Scream 4 from 2011 and Detention from 2011. <laughs>
0: um,
2: so I originally uh, Scream, the original Scream 1996, my all time favorite film. Like I could that episode, if you had me on that episode, it would be a white of the eye level episode where I just sure. would not yes. shut up yes, about, yes, yes. about it. Um, you talked about the original Scream just a few months ago, so I sort of missed missed that opportunity. But I was like, you know what? Why not talk about my sec- second favorite film, Scream 4, and, of the Scream franchise? Um, and then I just kind of, you know, Liam and I just kind of talked amongst ourselves to find a pairing, and we landed on another messed-up teenager's film called Detention from the same year. And I think that I, I just literally right before this recording just finished watching scream Four for the millionth time a few days ago i watched detention for the first time since it came out and um there were some some polls that i i got from both of them that kind of uh tied them together but i'm I'm just really excited just to hear your thoughts on these films
1: interesting yeah very I'm curious to hear Liam's thought on, thoughts on detention because, man, he hated that movie. It was <laughs> it was crazy. I was, like, texting him, like, Liam, you need to calm down. You need to get help. This isn't healthy. You need to go for a fucking walk or, like, just drink some chamomile tea. Fucking have an edible. You need to calm down. Liam was losing his mind. Like, so I
2: did not pick that film because I like it. Again, it was, I saw it. It, when it came out 2011 actually i think it i think it probably came out uh 2012 but i think it was
1: yeah i mean oh, we'll, we'll, we'll we'll get there let me just say that liam doesn't have a dog but if he does if he did she or he
0: or they would be terrified of how angry liam was <laughs> watching this movie okay okay oh, diana you know you, you don't listen to this show enough to know The way that everyone who listens to the show regularly knows everything Justin is saying is true, but the exact opposite situation in which I was the one when he said to me, oh, man, this movie. And I was like, "Well, I don't know. I kind of like it. He was like, ah, and just raging out over text message forever for just just losing his mind. I believe I believe my exact words were fucking unwatchable. (laughs) (laughs) this is not your vibe, Justin. And I think that, but I think that's, Oh, what, what good. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for my vibe is good. films. We'll We'll get get there. there. I got to calm down. (laughs) I got to calm down the fuck down. But I do think there is a very important theme here, which is that in 2011, and I think this is true of a lot of different movies, but certainly of these two movies, there was a question of, is the next step to get more meta or to leave meta behind? Right. Mm-hmm. And I think after detention, I don't know how anyone could make a meta horror movie like that movie right. seems to have wrung every ounce of meta out of the genre such that after this, you could only do sincere movies. Right. Like you just couldn't do a, hey, I'm winking at the camera kind of thing because this is it. This is the ultimate camera wink. You can't get more camera wink than this movie but we'll Uh -uh. we'll get into all that before that justin we have to thank a few people do we so let's get our nice voices on for that all right i'll start us off okay thanks to everyone who supports us on patreon uh we really appreciate it obviously this is not a a money-making venture but we do have costs the patreon helps to pay for that and honestly Justin always does this little speech about money doesn't mean anything. and, and all Money's not true. fucking real. All that's true. I 100% agree. I will say, if you listen to the show regularly and you don't support some Patreon, I would ask you to consider doing it. If we get to a certain amount of money, then we can start paying the various people who make podcasts for their podcasts. And I think that would be nice to do. I think I'd also like to have the sort of money where we, me and Justin, can pay our editor Uh, for his help i'd love to have the kind of money where we can pay people to write for us granted that would take a lot of growth in our patreon our patreon is very small but that those are the goals here so the goal is not for me and justin to one day have the kind of money where we can like buy nice cars that's not you 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 said that not me (laughs) but the goal is definitely to feel like this is less of a volunteer organization as it is right now and more of an organization that like Though no one's getting rich, people feel like we're compensating them for their labor because I think if if we lived in a more fair world, we'd all be able to do that, and it wouldn't be a situation where we can't function without people volunteering their time. So that's that's the goal of the Patreon. Of course, speaking of uh, the the ills of capitalism, we have to also thank our uh, money grubbing friend Chris Reject and his lackeys over at Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations, certified sack of shit. <laughs> Chris rejects no we actually love Chris Uh, Hopefully by now you've heard Our episode with Chris again again You said that you said that We love we love Chris you Uh, He is a capitalist though but what's crazy Is he thinks he can make Money by giving people Good prices on screen printing And not stealing from them He he even thinks that he can Force the actual Freak anarchist punks who Work for him Mm -hmm. to like be mm. nice to customers and do quality work and then like pay them a lot of money. And then somehow he's still going to be a rich dude at the end of the day. Now we all know that's a dream. That's never going to come true that he's going to end up destitute in, 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 in a, in a gutter somewhere like that's, that's his future. But yeah, it's the one thing while, that to be going while he's still living in that dream. Take advantage, go to XLVACX.com. Go ahead and order a million shirts. The more shirts you order, the higher his blood pressure will go up. So you got to do it. You got to do it. Order all the shirts in the world. order. Five thousand shirts. Right. I mean, if you're like in an emo band, that's probably easy. You know, that's a merch for one show or some shit. Right. Like do it. Do it. Do it. Order all the shirts. Also, if for some reason you like Chris reject, which God, I don't know what's wrong with you. Turn this off. (laughs) Stop it. Uh, (laughs) They have a Patreon for LVAC. Go to their Patreon. Yeah, because fucking,
1: yeah, they want money. They want more money than the
0: money they're getting for the work they're doing. To be fair, it's to pay for the new building that they are moving to where they can expand. And so they're asking people for support. And they also give you a lot of free shit if you do the Patreon. So technically speaking, it's not a rip off. But because we're so inclined to think everything Chris does is a ripoff, we are going to tell you it's a rip off right now. But it's, it's really not. It's actually pretty, pretty good. It's a thing. ripoff. Uh hey, who else do we want to thank, Justin? We got we got uh,
1: legitimately want to thank the homie Aaron Dahlback at Essex Coffee Roasters because not only has Aaron provided us with our tens of hours of wonderful music. Uh, yep, yeah, I'll, I'll go there and say that tens of hours of wonderful music. <laughs> also, a quality roast coffee. That if let's say you're a piece of shit like me who doesn't understand coffee and will drink literally anything that comes from a coffee bean. Aaron is the kind of guy who's like, hey, man, maybe you want like a light roast or a dark roast or is is blonde roast a thing? Is that a thing or am I just imagining that? It's a thing. Good. There we go. Here's a blonde roast. And you're like, oh, I, I really I really like the the subtle caramel tones of a blonde roast or the 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 the, the, the quiet pomegranate notes that you get in a in a dark roast or whatever. I'm not a sommelier. Whatever the fucking weird things that these people have. Aaron will help you out with that. He, his goal is to take coffee and to demystify it and to
0: de-elita-fy uh, it. <laughs> is a word I made up. It's good. It's good. It's, good. You're it's riffing, a good word. Man. You're doing the riff. It's it good. is, yeah.
1: He's basically taking it and he's taking the mystery out of coffee and he's making it for the everyman. He's making it for the proletariat, which we yeah. support
0: yeah i do support because that. we are communists i mean whatever close enough uh hey <laughs> uh okay two more things real quick roughkafanclub.com i make t-shirts check it out and where can our, we check out aaron's coffee oh you didn't finish sorry sscoffeeroasters.com also i forgot to, to finish uh, if you go to sscoffeeroasters.com and you enter in code cinepunx c-i-n-e-p-u-n-x you get 10% off your order. You know, you want coffee, you want tea, you want some apparel. They got you over there. Uh, my thing, real quick, roughcutfanglub.com. We make t mm-hmm. shirts. And then we want to thank our friend Sharky, who edited and uh, adjusted sound on this episode and all of our episodes of the last couple of years, MechanicalSharkMedia.com. He's got Palsiver, some cool stuff coming Palsiver
1: up. Sharkowitz, a man of the people.
0: Yep. Okay.
1: Justin, do you have a question for us? I have a question. Okay. Now is the time when. I am up to my neck in bullshit and I'm about to fucking drown. And maybe I want to drown because I don't want to be alive in this world anymore where this exists. And I look over and there's some fucking incel nerd building a bomb at his desk. And there's another incel fucking nerd who is there as well. And there's a bare monument in front of me that is also a time machine. And I... Before I put my head into the bullshit and I take a deep breath and the fucking lights go out forever. I look over in the corner and I see Liam laughing hysterically at me because he's fucked my mom. Who's in a younger body. I don't know. That's, that's when I would ask Liam, what have you done involving her recently? But we have a guest today. So I'm going to ask our guest and our new friend.
2: Yeah. Um, man, what, what I have mean, you done
1: involving her recently?
2: I mean, what have I done involving horror or watching this film? In, uh, what have we done involving horror? horror. Yeah. Okay. Movies, um, books, well, comics, whatever. Oh, my gosh. So, of course, I have my my monthly podcast, Shal of the Month Club. I just had an episode come out last month uh, that I am very excited about where I interviewed the director of A24's Medusa Deluxe. It is a murder Ooh. mystery set in the world of a competitive hairdressing competition. Um, so that was really wonderful to discuss um. Discussed that film and talked with director Thomas Hardiman. Then as far as as far as horror, I've been watching Riverdale.
1: Oh, no, no shame um, no shame there.
2: So the very last episode of the series finale was a few weeks ago, and I had only watched the first season when it came out seven years ago. And I stumbled upon an article which was like the top 10 outlandish things that happened on that episode or on that that series, and some of them include Archie Fights a Bear.
0: Yeah, I saw that episode. There's a cult
2: (laughs) where the cult leader uh, exits the Earth on a rocket ship, um, amongst Mm -hmm. many, Mm -hmm. many other things. Um, So I was like, well, you know what? I just want to watch some trash. So I've been watching Riverdale. It is exactly that. It's trash. I'm about halfway through the series um. Besides that, I am gearing up to go to Fantastic Fest next week. Uh. So that'll be my my fill of uh starting off the fall with some genre cinema, and again, I I'm um just keeping up the Jalo. I mean, I have I'm recording an episode tomorrow, which will be the Jalo of the month. Um. I can't spoil what it is, but the episode sure, will be sure. out uh in just a few weeks, and yeah, just really excited for um, more Jalo content, Fantastic Fest. Halloween right around the corner and to be on this episode. I oh,
0: yeah. watched I a that. lot of uh, of uh, Riverdale. I watched a lot yeah. of it. And then I got to a point where I took a break from it. And then when it came time to come back to it, or I consider coming back to it, I just couldn't do it. And it's not even like, I can't say, you know, usually that's a story when something gets bad, right? Like people uh-huh. who used to watch The Walking Dead, they all have that episode where they were like, I'm done with this show and they stopped watching it, right? There was yes. no there was no uh a uh, shark jumped. The show was off the rails from basically j- the first season, right? Like it just yes. it never made sense and then it continued to not make sense. But at some point it's just I had detoxified myself from it for so long that when I went to go back to it I was just like, "Nah, I'm good." You know, and I I I think I'll still finish it at some point, but I'm like how many seasons total was there at that show? 7. They
2: just put the 7th season on Netflix and that was the final final.
0: I think season. I watched 5. I think I did 5 cuz okay. I think I skipped 2 seasons. I, I think, think that's I'm
2: right. in, I think I'm in the latter half of season 3 and it's just uh it's the cult it's like they're getting into the cult stuff uh which is Yep.
0: I saw I definitely saw 3 and 4 mess. and then after that yeah. I I think I did 5 but I might have stopped at 5 but the whole thing is a mess. None of these people look like high schoolers in any way, shape or form. Um, everything about it is just horny. It's just, a uh, they want it to be both an incredibly naive and an incredibly worldly and, and horny show. And, uh, it was the sort of trash that I very much enjoyed while we were watching it, but I just haven't been able to go back to it and I don't know if I care enough to do it. Like I don't Yeah, I'm
2: not in any it. rush to finish. Like I have yeah, no yeah. like time frame. It's just like if I just want something mindless on the television, that's what I put on. Um I did take a trip to the theater the other day and saw The Nun 2. Yes. Uh yes. and then a couple weeks ago, I haven't been I've, again I've been traveling the last the last few weeks so I haven't made a lot of movie theater visits, but then I saw um last voyage of the Demeter a few weeks ago as well.
0: Um, oh, what did you think of that?
2: Uh, I wish it was a little bit, it didn't take itself so seriously. I would have liked it more. Okay. okay.
1: Did you also feel when you watched watching the movie, we could have done a little bit more with not just like full on Dracula nudity, but more there needed to be shots at the end of Dracula being a fancy boy around England, around London.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I would have liked that.
1: Although, although I don't think they get much fancier than Gary Oldman, but it still would have been good.
2: No, I think it, it seemed, like, on one hand, it seemed like the story or the script was very rushed. Like, it didn't, it, I, I felt like they didn't um, flesh out a lot of, like plot points but then on the other hand I think they like focused on some things a little bit too much like it just I don't know I just don't think the script was very strong but I do wish that it um just didn't take itself so seriously like so yeah Yeah, more fancy boy
1: I I mostly had fun with it there was a few things I thought where I was like "Yeah, I didn't need that to happen like Mm -hmm. um it also but I, I I'll give credit where credit's due um in a movie where I went into it knowing that how it was going to end, basic, roughly, I, <laughs> right. I, I still was like, oh, no, I actually, they, you know, I actually, you know, related to a lot of the characters, even, like, the red shirts. I was like, no, I, I, I like that guy, and I, you know, I, uh, yeah, I know what you mean, though. It was definitely like, all right, let's take it down. That's how like, I felt about all...
2: the... Oh, I was going to say, we we've done, like, so many different types of dracula or, or vampire films and like a lot of them are serious <laughs> like i yeah. kind of i looking i was looking for something like oh which i sort of knew going in, it was going to be serious but um i don't know i enjoyed it again i haven't been able to go to the theater that much so it was like it was nice to like sit down and have like a horror film in front of me
1: how did you uh how did you feel about the nun too
2: i didn't think it was very good oh man I didn't oh. like, I didn't like the first nun either. <laughs> See, but I think I, I, I think it was a little bit, I think this one was a little bit better. Um, oh yeah. Than the last one. But I also think that um, I also like the the writer, Akela Cooper. I like her a lot. So I kind of gave it a little bit more grace than I would have normally. And then I like, of course, the, the Formiga. Younger, younger Formiga. Oh, yeah. Bringing I... her into the Conjuring universe. I thought it was a really cool idea.
1: I'm a Bonnie Aaron Stan, so I I am here for anything that that woman does.
2: <laughs> Scat scary. That nun is scary, though.
1: Oh yeah, I mean she's still won't top the the dumpster monster in Mulholland Drive. Still the scariest thing anyone has ever oh done God. ever.
2: Yeah.
0: And did you do Liam? Any-
2: Liam, did you see? Did you see Nun too?
0: Liam loves the Conjuring so much. I cannot watch any of these fucking. I like the. I like the first one. Don't let him tell every other movie in the whole universe is just gets better and And better better and better. Much and Justin takes great joy because. While he also thinks some of them are bad, he enjoys them more than I do, and so he likes to just, like, fuck with me about, like, oh, man, this is so good, blah, blah, (laughs) blah. I'm like, you didn't really like it that much, you know? I mean, I I think the first one is really strong. I do really think the first one is really good. I think some people write it off because they don't like the sequels, Uh, and I think there's elements, I actually think there's elements of all the sequels I've subjected myself to that are strong. But I end up hating the movies overall. And for me, the only you know, I, I, I tried to watch the nun because I like the visuals of the nun. Like that's a scary looking character design. There's no way mm-hmm. around it. It's fucking terrifying. I found the nun unwatchable. It just was bullshit for me. So I, I couldn't get into it. Yeah.
2: So I'll I skip mean,
0: okay. the nun too. I I, I I, you
1: know, was shushed in the movie theater at the last conjuring movie when they dedicated to the to Lorraine Warren. And I, you know, stood up and yelled a swear at the screen, so, you know.
0: It is. I mean, it this is. is the this is the thing I think with you, Justin. You hate watch these movies because you hate the Warrens so much. It's true, and you almost <laughs> like seeing the Warrens turned into fucking superheroes because you know they were actually such fucking grifter pieces of shit. Look, yeah. That don't, there's don't, some part of you that loves that. Don't get mad. Don't hate me because
1: I love Patrick Wilson and Vera for for Formiga. for Mijia? for, Miga. Yeah. for, Miga. for Miga. Just just because just because I want I want to make love to both of them. Their I love them together.
2: They're like the hottest couple. <laughs> they're so I, fucking I good. Agree,
0: actually, I they're think they're so good lovable. in the movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not yeah. about it's not about them per se, but I think the movies are mostly written bad. I'm over movies that are like Catholicism is a superpower. Just be more Catholic and you can vanquish oh make- evil. Don't
2: see do not see none too then. <laughs> the uh, way also- that that's resolved. <laughs>
1: oh my god i was like watching it and as someone who has like somewhat of like an academic background in religion i was like that's not how that fucking works at all <laughs>
0: yeah. Like, yeah yeah <laughs> i'm not gonna see it okay. it's the same
1: i mean it's the same problem i had with like the last ex exor- or, or, or not the last exorcism i actually like that movie um what's the russell crowe movie that just came out where oh, he, the pope's exorcist, exorcist. yeah right. how the, like they find out that the guy who the guy who instigated the spanish inquisition was possessed by the devil and i'm like no 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 we are not letting the catholic church off the hook in any way (laughs) hypothetically or not by saying it was fucking satan
0: you ought to be fucking ashamed of yourself russell Crowe. yeah i'm not into it all right are we are we keeping going here are we going to keep talking about the nun too because we'll
1: talk we'll 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 talk about the nun too we'll talk about about the the nun nun too in a little bit
0: Yeah. yeah i hate you guys
1: it was all. Oh, all I'm saying is, at the end when she was like twenty feet tall, that just I had flashbacks to watching the video for "The Beautiful People" by Marilyn Manson, and I was like, "Get the be the fuck out of here!" I didn't like it. <laughs> sure, I mm-hmm. appreciate that. Hey, anything else, Diana?
2: No, I mean I've I've watched a lot of like '80s. Um, up all night, like occasionally, like I watched a movie I was really disappointed in um, called Munchies. <laughs> uh, from
1: yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: 1987 yeah. oh yeah oh yeah it's like what? a gremlin gremlins rip i guess it is it
1: is the gremlins rip
2: yeah i was like i was really excited because i saw the gifts all these years i was like i'm gonna put this on and i was just bored out of my mind it just wasn't very fun um i watched summer job from 1989 um babe watch from 96 like i've just been like going through just a lot of like up all night, uh, like '90s films that uh, I might, may or may not have seen as a child. Um, but yeah, nothing, nothing super horror. But I, I will say, if you ask me in two weeks, I'll be starting my like 31 horror movies.
0: Sure. You know, yeah.
2: In in October.
1: I'm I'm looking forward to I I'm doing press remotely for Fantastic Fest, and I'm like, I hope that the fucking press library isn't like the bottom bottom of the barrel, like. You never know I, I hope that
2: you as well. Know.
1: You never, yeah. Know I'll yet. be in
2: per. I'll be in person, but I feel like there are a lot of other. Um, and I love Fantastic Fest, so take this how you will. But I feel like there are a lot of other festivals that do the remote aspect or the virtual aspect like much better than Fantastic Fest does. And I just, I really do hope that this year is better than previous years.
1: And if not, that's okay because I didn't fucking pay for it. So
2: <laughs>
0: that's fair. That's fair that is fair all right is it my turn justin i believe it is i actually unlike so diana usually i don't have a lot to say during this segment because i don't watch as much horror as justin does but i've actually watched a few things lately so i have things to talk about uh last episode justin i didn't talk about the blackening right no
1: and i don't want you to talk about the blackening why not because i'm over the misconception
0: that black people always die first in horror movies I mean I'm over that misconception too but that movie's still funny. So, All right. I'm going I'm going to mention it. I like It's more
2: blackout. comedy than horror, right?
0: Right. Oh, def. Okay. Definitely. That's okay. not to say I don't want anyone who is I don't know why they'll be listening to this podcast, but I don't want anyone going and thinking or let's put it this way. I don't want one of the people who listen to this podcast to show it to their significant other or family member who's like I want to watch something that's kind of horror, but nothing scary at all. There are moments that some people would find scary. It's not utterly free of horror, like some horror comedies are, but it's mostly free of... I think most people who already watch horror would not find any moment of the movie scary, per se. Mm -hmm. And I found it pretty fucking funny, which I was surprised at, because it had really mixed reviews from friends where I had people who really liked it and people who fucking detested it just hated it right and I kind of went in thinking well I just need to put something on while I'm doing some other stuff I'm certainly not going to be invested in it and I and I liked it I liked it a lot I, I don't know that I would put it on like a end of the year list or anything like that but it was a lot more fun than I think people gave it credit for and in fact some of the reviews I read that were like really negative I'm kind of looking askance at those people now like, why did you hate this movie so much? Hmm, I wonder. Uh, okay, so that's I, I, I thought that was pretty good. I started watching spooky movies with Maeve. So, uh, you know, in my house, we're kind of like September is basically Halloween. So we're going to start thinking of Halloween stuff. And so Maeve has a few uh, Halloween movies that she already likes. So one of the things that we watch that it's not really a Halloween movie, but it's at least spooky for a six-year-old. We watched uh, The Corpse Bride. And oh, cool. I remember hating that yeah. movie back in the day and rewatching it with her. Now I was like, Oh, actually it's not that bad. I think in my brain, it was more misogynistic than it is now. Granted, it's still not exactly a, a an empowering movie uh, for women, but it's not quite as dehumanizing as I first sort of took it to be. And there are parts of it that are really charming. I am a little bummed that it's not, uh, What's his name? Selleck? Is that the the Nightmare on Elm Street guy or Nightmare on Elm Street, Nightmare Before Christmas guy? Is oh, his, is know. his last name? I think it's uh, here. I'm gonna look up, look it up. Yeah, Henry Selleck. It's not Henry Selleck on the Corpse Bride. It's it's uh, it's uh, you know Tim Burton, but it's not Henry Selleck. So I didn't know that. So that's kind of a surprise. I do think the animation is really strong, but then that caused me to switch gears and go to an actual Henry Selleck film, and we watched Coraline. Uh, If for some reason anyone listening to this hasn't seen Coraline, that's like, in my mind, a perfect movie. It's basically perfect. And it is appropriate for kids because my daughter is six and easily scared, but she had a good time with it. That's not to say there aren't parts that are scary because there are parts that are kind of scary for kids, but nothing that I think most kids would be like, you know, destroyed over. And then we watched uh, Keeping with the Henry Selick uh, uh, train. We watched something that I hadn't gotten to check out yet. Uh, Wendell and Wilde Wendell and Wilde is the uh, uh, why is my like
2: two it's like two demon brothers yeah it's like on Netflix right yes Netflix a Netflix like straight to Netflix
0: right the the person I'm thinking of who was the producer uh, Jordan Peele thank you I could not get my brain there it <clears throat> is, it is even though it's directed by Henry Selick, it was sort of co-created by Jordan Peel, Jordan Peel and Keegan, Keegan-Michael Key star in it. It's got also a pretty fun voice cast overall, including Ving Rhames and um, James Hong and uh, uh, David Harewood and a bunch of other people who I think are pretty great. So um, again, very Henry Selick. It's very stop motion, whatever. I think because it deals with pretty early on parent death, I didn't end up pushing it early on with Maeve because a lot of people were like, this is not appropriate for kids because it's so dark and blah, blah, blah. And uh, now that I've watched it with Maeve, it is a little dark. I could see some kids being bummed on it. But like, if you've watched any amount of Disney movies with your kids, uh, your kids are probably used to ch- to parent death at this point, right? Like, right. that's one of the major motivators in like every Disney movie. So I don't think I, I. I mean, everyone listening, you know your children better than I do, so make your own decisions. But for me, I think people oversold it as being dark and more of something for teenagers. I don't think that's true. I think it is. Uh, it is appropriate for kids, and it was interesting for me. I found a lot of it funny. I love that a major theme of it was anti-prisons. That's pretty cool. Uh, it, it's sort of a silly and vaguely political movie at the same time. So, uh, yeah, and it has an awesome soundtrack. The um, The main character's name is... Uh, sorry, I'm looking it up because I totally forgot. Cat. Uh, the character's name is Cat Elliot. Uh, voiced by Lyric uh, Ross. She is the children of parents who are like uh, punk people. So after they pass, she listens to their mixtapes. So the soundtrack has a lot of like x-ray specs and uh, bad brains and fishbone, multiple special songs. That's uh, fucking dope. A TV on the radio song. Yeah. Like it's a fun soundtrack. She's very goth as a character. And then it turns out she's a hell maiden who is going to a weird Catholic school for wayward girls. And yeah. Anyways, I recommend it. Uh, Wendell and Wild. That's Again, awesome. If people hate kids stuff altogether, I don't think it's mature enough that it w- you would get past that. But if you're someone who kind of likes the occasional animated movie, it is, it is pretty good. And, uh, I was very amused by it. The last thing I want to talk about is a movie. Justin, I think you saw this. Dan, I don't know if you would have seen this or not, but it's a movie called Perpetrator. Have, have, have oh, you yeah. seen this movie? I saw it.
2: Oh, I haven't seen it yet. No, not yet.
0: Justin, what did you think of Perpetrator? Uh, I thought it was pretty good. It, I mean,
1: it, it's hard to say. Like,
0: It wasn't really my vibe, yeah. but I, I still enjoyed it. Uh, there are parts of it I liked a lot. I think some of the things that turn people off to it is it's a little stilted. It's a little awkward. Yeah, uh, the director is the uh, director Jennifer Reader, who did um, I think it's called Knives and Skin, mm-hmm. and uh, Knives and some v- Skin
2: like a VHS ninety four segment.
0: Oh yes, and she did the Ratma segment. I think. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now Ratma, I think it's if it, that's kind of an easy to like thing. I think Knives yeah. and Skin is a bit alienating. It's a bit weird, you know. And this movie has some of that same vibe, though it has a it has a fluid narrative. Like it has a, a, you know, point A to point B narrative. The dialogue is not always uh, an easy thing to relate to. It's a little stilted. It's a little weird. And the one thing it has, Justin, that I, I think you would agree with is it builds a world, but it doesn't exactly explain the dynamics of that world. So like, there are characters who have powers, but it's not clear exactly how those powers work a lot of the time. Yeah, it's
1: I mean, my, my problem
0: was it's like it felt almost like there was a
1: bit of an unfired Chekhov's gun. Like I am all in favor of just weird shit happening and there being no explanation for it. But at the same time, there are moments when it's like, just give us a little bit of mythos or something to build a story behind it.
0: Well I felt like it definitely built a world in the sense of there's a vibe and I really actually found the characters more engaging than I thought they would consider I thought I would considering that some of the the dialogue really is kind of weird and almost purposefully abstract but because so much of the narrative does revolve around the abilities of our main character it it did suffer at times with the fact that I didn't quite understand what the fuck those abilities were. I just saw her doing things, but I didn't know exactly what she was doing. And again, I I think there is a certain mystery that I appreciate, but it didn't quite work for this movie. So I I wouldn't say, oh, you got to check this out. But if you if someone's already curious about it, especially if you like her other stuff, I don't think it's a waste of time. I had a good time with it. I appreciate the return of, of Alicia Silverstone, especially to such a fucking weird role. Like she, as the sort of weird witchy lady, she is great in that role. I just don't know that the movie, and I would say actually a few people in the movie are good. I just felt like maybe the movie wasn't making the best use of those performances because – it felt a little like there wasn't a, a huge payoff to what was happening, but still, I, I I I'd say it's like a it's like a medium for me. It's a sort of movie actually. Since uh, you know, Diana, you're about to go to Fantastic Fest. It's a sort of movie I feel like I would have seen it at, at like a midnight screening of Fantastic Fest and thought like that was pretty cool. I I think seeing that was better than going to bed, but I don't know that <laughs> I'm gonna like buy the Blu-ray. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's cool. I'm glad I watched it. I think some people might love it because of the vibes. It's very much a atmosphere movie, but I just felt like it didn't execute, but I'm kind of curious to see what this director does next, because while I don't love everything that she's done, all of it is very unique. It has its own kind of thing going on. And I really appreciate that. Like, I'm kind of like curious what the next move will be just because it'll be unique. And that is interesting in and of itself. So anyways, that's it for me, Justin. What do you, what do you got? Well, well,
1: um, we've already talked about The Nun 2. It's an amazing work of art. It's fucking stop, fantastic. Stop, it's stop. great. It's so good. Um, I watched a movie for free on Tubi, www.tubi.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spirit of Fear. Um, I had posted this on Instagram and Facebook. Um, It feels... I don't want to explain it because it sounds very generic, like guy wakes up in a house, no idea how he gets there, can't get out. There's something stalking him. It was a very awesome variation upon a very beat-to-death theme in horror and fiction in general. And I'll leave it at that, but it's on Tubi, it's free. Definitely watch it. It has a it has a handful of like genuinely frightening moments, like um it's it's one of those movies like I think we talked about it when we did Hellraiser that, like, it's it's all one location, but the camera work is smart enough that it makes this house feel, even though you're seeing the same maybe five or six rooms again and again, the camera work is smart enough that it makes it feel all strange and menacing every single time the the, the character's in there. And I, I really appreciated that. Um, I watched a little movie on Shudder called Bloodflower. It's a Malaysian movie, and I don't know what the title in Malaysian is, but it's Pretty fucking wild. Um
2: Saw that a Fantastic Fest last year.
1: I yeah, I, I mean I wasn't like blo- I I wasn't like holy fuck this changed my life, but I was like, oh that's pretty cool.
2: It um, was very tropey, so if you don't like mind a lot of very generic horror a, tropes, I don't think you would you would mind that film.
1: Uh if there was any crackly boned ghosts in it, I would have thrown my computer across the room it came close it came it wasn't as bad as 32 whatever street that played uh what was that at Chattanooga uh 2 years ago At which point i i think i might have thrown my computer across the room cuz i was just like what the fuck is this it's not 2011 stop it um we already talked about the masterpiece that is the nun um my god it's so powerful nun two. Can you the nun too the nun 2. i couldn't even think i could i couldn't even think of adding the, the, the chapter to. I couldn't even... I was so blown away by the, by the majesty of it all. By, by the adventures of Frenchie and Irene. Was, those are the names, Liam. I don't need to tell you that because you love these movies, but yeah, you get the point. Um, the movie that made my skin want to crawl off my body and go on permanent vacation was a movie I rented on Voodoo called Good Boy. Do you guys know about this?
0: No.
2: No, I don't know. I'm not sure.
1: Uh... This movie was so fucked up, it made me feel bad for a furry. Like, that's how...
2: Is it the Judy Greer one?
1: Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, okay. This is... it's uh, I believe it's a Swedish film? Swedish or, or Norwegian. Um, um, some, like, overtly good-looking white person from a cold, cold part of the world film. Um, the plot is, like, this, like, young woman. She, like, matches on Tinder with this, like, really, really, like... He's, like, super fucking hot. And like, he's like perfect. Like, he's very sensitive. He's very attentive. He's very present. He's very, uh, he's very, very, very nice. He listens to her. He is like super rich. And they go back to his house and he's like, Oh, you're, you're going to meet my dog. And it's a man in a dog costume.
0: Oh, <laughs> I heard about this. Yeah.
1: And it just goes downhill from there. And I mean, it goes pretty far downhill, like, the bottom of the hill. Like, Liam, you remember Washington Street Hill in Easton? Yes. Like, down to the river.
0: <laughs>
1: um, It definitely, like, at the end of it, I was like, oh, yeah, I need to take a shower again, like, with the, the loofah and just get it all off, because this was, like, a dirty, dirty movie. Um, It just, I don't know. It was good. It was effective. It did a really great job of creating and maintaining an atmosphere of dread and unease but um you know like we always say in here the movies we love very very rarely love us back and this movie definitely like (laughs) gave me a wet willy and like kissed me and like oh i don't know it's just like i just you know it's effective but i just i didn't like it i liked it but i didn't
2: it sounds gross
1: uh it's more uncomfortable than gross. It's more like it, it's it's more like um let's just say it's transgressive um, and the final thing i want I, the final thing I want to talk about when it comes to horror is I've been doing a rewatch of my favorite episodes of the x files and kind of diving into some aspects of the x files that I hadn't really dove into before um and that counts as hard because some of those X-Files episodes are pretty fucking scary. You know, obviously people are like, well, you're just afraid of aliens, so that's why you that's why you're terrified of it. But like, I'm gonna be honest, like the aliens episodes of the X-Files, not as scary as they were to me when I was a kid. It doesn't hold up. They're not fire in the sky. They don't still, you know, get me. Um But Yeah, there's
2: some scary episodes. Have you been like marathoning those or just like watching like one? Like just one
1: a day, or uh, uh, just like well, at first it was one a day, and then it was like, oh, I'm gonna watch another one before I go to bed, I'm gonna watch, you know what I mean? Like, um, I started with, I think I watched them all the first, like, f- well, season one, I watched all the episodes back to back up to the episode up to shapes, the episode about the werewolves, um, and then it was just like, uh. You know, I'm just gonna watch the Monster of the Week episodes I liked. I'm gonna watch like the early Mythos episodes that I liked, and then it's only been recently I never really cared much for that show past like season six up until like the new seasons they did. And I was like, I'm gonna dive into some of like the weirder shit in those like like right before um, Robert Patrick and um, Annabelle Gish came on. Like I'm gonna get, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look at, look into that and like. I don't know, like I was, I, I put something on Instagram, uh, a shot from Foley. I'll do, which is like the really infamous episode with the fucking giant bug. That is like the mm-hmm. scariest thing that's ever been on television. And my, my sister was like, Oh, it's still not as scary as, as the fluke, man. I was like, you're at your fucking mind because the fluke Man is not scary. It's sympathetic. This thing is, um, this thing is like the giant bug in that episode is so scary. I don't even want to talk about it because I'm going to look out my window. And if I see a tree branch, I'm going to fucking lose my mind that oh my god it's so upsetting it's so upsetting
2: i like that show a lot i used i haven't watched it in in quite some time but i I used to like come home i used to work like retail this was like 20 some years ago used to work retail and like come home really late and then like at like 3 a.m like um they would have like sci-fi would have like a marathon or something so yeah like, like every night i was watching like multiple episodes
1: I used to watch it a lot with my dad and he like he would always be like like there was one episode on I think it's the first or second season on like the Jersey Devil and I was like yo is this real my dad's like I don't know my dad's from New Jersey my dad's like I don't know I heard some stuff and I was like dad don't fuck with me seriously seriously is this real he's like I don't know I don't know and like <laughs> and like now I watch I it's the only thing I realized that that, that kind of like messed with my head was um now that we know Doug Hutchinson is, like, a fucking monster, like, in real life, like, squeeze and tombs, I'm like, oh, somehow in real life he's even worse than a person who eats the livers of people he kills. Like, he's, like, a pedophile in real life. No! Like, it's just a bummer to watch because it defangs yeah. his whole character. Um, but, yeah, other than that, you know, I just, you know, it's, you know, life is hard. You know, we talk about it all the time. Like, real, real life is the real horror show. That's fair. <laughs> and you know, like 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 Diana, I am gearing up for. I'll be remotely covering uh, Fantastic Fest, and I'm hoping. Um, you know, speaking of David Duchovny, the pet the the trailer for Pet Cemetery Bloodlines oh, yeah. dropped today, and I was like, oh, that looks surprisingly well done.
2: Yeah, that's another one where it's like, do I really want to like use that slot to see that movie when I can just see it like next week on exactly or like two yeah weeks on Paramount yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah I'm, i'll I'm watch like, it though yeah if it's if it's in if it's in like the <sighs> if it's in if it's in the like the the live the screener library which i doubt mm. it will be i'll use it to write a review where i flex my muscles on my stephen king knowledge and i impress and intimidate everyone who reads it but otherwise i'm i'm not gonna i don't know it's just like you said it's gonna be on paramount in like two weeks anyway so what's the fucking point yeah yeah, that that's all for me. So I I think we can start talking about the movies.
2: Good. All right, um, so these, what are we gonna start with? I was gonna say for these movies, like I took notes for for both of them during both of them, and then after I I watched them and looked at the notes, I said, "Oh, my list for one of the movies is like everything that I didn't like about the film, and then my list for the other one is all the things I did like." So
1: that's totally fine. <laughs> so. We, what do you want to start with detention or let's 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 start with screen let's start with detention let's get okay. liam's least favorite thing out of the way first so we're going to okay. take a quick we're going to take a quick break and we come back we're going to talk about liam o'donnell's most hated film of all time 2011's detention we'll be right back i just mean that it looks like clapton's gonna ask out ione which makes about as much sense as that stupid movie torque <laughs> give me your ipod salad eater <laughs> <laughs>
0: Life sucks. Forget about genocide, poverty, and political corruption. What could possibly be on my girl mind other than prom? Who gave Riley the permission to have the hots for Clapton? What does the future hold for Clapton Davis?
2: If you're going to get your limbs ripped off by the school gorilla, find a more worthy charity than Ione.
1: Thank God that's not me. Ione is an old soul trapped in a very painfully hot cheerleader body.
2: Clapton Davis, you are more concept than reality.
0: classmate, Taylor Fisher, was murdered in her bedroom this morning.
2: I was just attacked. Sure you were, honey. Are you guys accusing me of something?
0: There's a killer in Grizzly Lake who is affiliated with people at my school. Detention is in the library. It goes from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. That's right through prom.
2: It can't be any of us. We're not anguished enough. Our generation has had no major struggles.
1: What about 9-11?
2: Afghanistan.
1: Katrina. Fledger.
0: What? Too too soon.
2: This attacker you're describing, Ms. Jones? Sounds just like that horror film. Cinderella! Scream. It's not the end of the world. It's just high school.
0: you how to make a snuff porno lady gaga
1: and we are back to talk about 2011's film detention um mm. I forget who it was on someone who who was it on someone on Instagram was like oh is that the movie with Josh Josh Hutchardson and is. I was like yeah and they were like oh I really enjoyed that movie and I was like well don't tell Liam that because he'll get really mad stop it
2: well you said Liam you said it was divisive
0: it is a it was divisive when it came out like i remember you know i i have a couple of friends who have very positive reviews of this movie that i remember at the time they wrote because other people hated it so fucking much uh what's funny is so the director what is his name again? Joseph Kahn. Yeah, Joseph Kahn. I don't know much about this dude. I guess he was very online in 2011 and a lot of people knew about him. The only, so I watched this movie for the first time for this podcast, even though yeah. I've listened to people talk about this movie since before it came out for everyone else because it played at Fantastic Fest and I mm-hmm. was at that time paying attention to Pan- Fantastic Fest. And so a lot of people were discussing it and I never watched it and I, had it on like a list to watch. I did see his other movies, his other movie bodied and thought Mm -hmm. it was okay. But I remember a lot of people hated it. And a lot of people loved it. Like it was the best thing they'd ever seen. And I remember thinking it was pretty cool. Uh,
2: So to put some context for the style, which is very apparent, like he was a music video director, like before for like, a decade before like he had his first his first film um so if you watch yeah i mean the way that detention opens like that's a music video yes like it's very his style is very apparent like the crossover is not like not much of a difference
0: so uh dan and why don't we start with you tell us a little bit about like when you first saw this movie and you know, I think you we kinda like ended up on it just as like a, oh, it kind of connects to Screen Four in some way. But just sort of like your thoughts going into it and then your thoughts having now rewatched it for this for this uh podcast.
2: So I, I saw it uh twenty twelve. I feel like I saw it after its festival run. It probably had like a VOD or like a small small theatrical run. And I saw it then, um and did not care for it. And then after a few years, I was a subscriber to one of those monthly horror boxes. Oh sure, and I remember yeah. like getting that the DVD for this movie in that horror box and then like trying to get rid of that movie like so many times when I would like, purge my videos at, like, the local, uh, like, sound garden, like, the record shop that is, like, buying movies, I'd be like, please take this DVD. Like, I do not want to just take it. You don't have to pay me for it. Um But I couldn't, and then when we, we had talked about putting it into this episode, I couldn't really put my finger on what I didn't like about this film. Like, I couldn't remember if it just, like, was misleading as a horror film, if the acting was bad, if there were just plot points that didn't make sense. And now I realize it was all of that. um so yeah so my thoughts when I saw it in 2012 you know 11 years ago um were pretty much in line with what I was watching my feelings now um it's just now I like made a list as I was watching it of like things that probably really stood out to me at the time um as just something I didn't like um And I'm trying, I wish I would have like looked up like what horror movies were like coming out around the time other than like Scream 4. But I feel like I was watching like a little bit more, um, probably more underground, less poppy, and definitely like more just straightforward horror than this, than Detention is.
0: Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely a, I mean, well, it's, 2011 was the year of meta, right? Because this came out, Scream 4 came out. And then Cabin in the Woods came out. I was going to say, I think mm. Cabin in the Woods is probably like the,
1: I don't know, the best one.
2: Yeah. I would I, say it's
0: the most effective of those three for sure.
2: It's also uh, the most
1: Lovecraftian, which is why I love it.
0: Right. That does appeal. Yeah. Well, and, but I also think it is the one that succeeds. It succeeds, I think, the most in what it's doing, though there are aspects of it that might be just as uh grading as people find this you know Mm. Uh, my problem
1: with it so but here's the thing I think cat unlike this movie cabin in the woods was as clever as it thought it was this movie wasn't nearly as fucking
0: as, as clever as it thought it was no no see that's interesting I would Okay, we'll get into this. I think Justin, you've kind of said a little bit, uh uh, for people to know where you're coming from. But give us a little bit of a broader idea without totally losing your shit. What was about was, the was, parts was, of this movie that bum you out. Was Diana done? Was, was Oh, I don't know, Dana, are you were you done? Yeah,
2: I mean I have like a whole list of things that will probably it like things that irritated me about this film that like even now, like back then and nowadays, like these are reasons I don't like it. Like they say like you know there's like fat shaming they say the r word yep, yep. um they say like oh cinder hella which that's like they sort of do like the stat they'll so they're like they're copying off of like stab movies in the scream movies by being like oh cinder hella is this movie that's exists in our universe that's also the killer is is dressing up i know they're doing like a reverse scream i guess um where like the stab movies and the scream franchise are based off of Woodsboro. And then in this in detention, the killer that's in detention is based off of this film series. Um, and there's just not enough of the killer. Um, but yeah, that's that's another thing that like irks me about this one is like, again, it's, there's not enough, uh, slasher or horror elements to really bring it together. And then you have like the time traveling bear and the fly blood in the guy's veins. Like it, just not it's just not a strong film and but i think that like kiddos nowadays like 20 somethings would probably watch this movie and think that it's like the best meta horror film
0: that's interesting uh i mean so this you saw this in 2012 right Mm -hmm. so that's 11 years ago don't you think when you saw this you were the target audience for it
2: i don't know because i think not to Like toot my own horn, but I think I was like watching. I like had more of a horror background at that time than like I think what this is. So
0: this is this is more for the this is more for the casual horror fan in 2011 than for the more serious. Absolutely, I wouldn't
1: even say. I think so. I I put to you, this is more for the people who think that Sharknado is the fucking funniest thing in the world. This movie has fucking Dane Cook in it, and it came out in 2011. That Mm -hmm. is the. That is the target audience for this movie is like people who think that like people who mistake. Okay, it's the version like when I was in community college, I took a few uh, theater classes and acting classes as electives. And I was the only non-acting slash theater major in there. And every single one of those kids who were like acting majors, they in their heads had 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 inner they welded. To them, the more like intensity was good acting. They were the same thing. And that's this movie is kind of like the comedic version of that, where it mistakes this sort of like strange, frenzied, kinetic feel to it as like. It's like good. funny. Yeah, good <laughs> or funny. And it's just like, no, it's just like, uh, I, I don't. I don't know.
0: the uh, one of the things that's a theme on this show dan is that um justin is much more confident and eloquent when praising something he loves when he finds something totally alienating you you get like defeated like you, you get. i'm not defeated
1: if you if you want me to go on i'll go on i just i don't i don't this movie, okay, so this movie was not as smart as it thought it was. This movie wasn't as clever as it thought it was. It was fucking overloaded with everything. There were some elements of it I liked. You had mentioned the guy with the fly juice in his veins. That segment mm-hmm. I actually thought was kind of funny because it made the least amount of sense. And, like, I'm yeah. not going to lie. I, when, when the kids are chanting TV hand and teasing him, I chuckled. But the rest of it is so, like, it, it's just, like, the, it thinks it was, like, laughing at its own jokes it thought it was in on the joke. It was fucking insane to watch because, like, it felt like Michael Bay on meth when it came to, like, editing. Like, the cutting was just too much. The time travel aspect failed miserably. The whole idea of going back in time to stop someone from doing something cataclysmic, I don't know if it's just because I have watched it done better in shit like Dark and The Terminator, where it's like... It was just like, it just felt like there was a room full of writers being like, wouldn't it be funny if there was like a bear and like, it was like, you could go back in time. And then there was like a girl who like, she thought she sucked the bear's dick. And then there's like a nerd and like, I don't know, all this shit was like floating around. And then there was this like really, really mile wide incel streak in this movie that I didn't fucking like from the one character and not even in the way that we'll get to in Scream 4 in which... The, the, the Culkin, with the, the Rory Culkin or the whatever, mm-hmm. like that was present there too, but that was done in a way that was actually good. Whereas this is just like, I just wanted fucking everybody in this movie to die. I didn't like any of the- Josh Hutcherson was fine. But, like, I just found the whole thing of, like, even when they, like, flipped it on its head, like, oh, no, get it? She's obsessed with the 90s because she's from the 90s. I was just, like, it's not fucking clever. You're not clever. You're not getting one over on people. You're not ironic. Fuck Dane Cook. Fuck Ron Jeremy. It's just annoying.
2: Oh, Ron Jeremy. Yeah, that's add that to my list of uh, stuff I didn't like. Oh, I did. um, I think it might have been around the Ron Jeremy time. I worked on this quote that said, this is murder and porn. I'm, like. It's not. It was like a girl, like back of a girl's head, like in front of a mascot or like the bear statue.
1: And they kept like the whole thing with like, she got like her, they showed an exposed boob and they're like, oh, you're a porn star now. And they just kept, it just kept fucking going. It was just like, stop. We get it. We get it. She's, you know, it's like, it's not fucking, you're not breaking ground, Dane Cook. Well, I
0: think, that, I think that you guys will be...
1: Also, well, fuck this movie for the end with the fucking plant-based aliens and they made fun of fucking... Ve- okay, first off, the only person who makes fun of vegetarians is me, a fucking vegan, because they're all fucking fence walkers. Fuck them. This movie's stupid because there's plant-based aliens. then invi- I hate this fucking movie
0: so much. <laughs> this is funny for me because um a number of reasons. One... I did not expect both of you to be so like this movie's the fucking worst. Though I did kind of think Justin would probably feel that way. You didn't but, think
1: I was going to say that after the co- the text conversation we had
0: where I was typing No, 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 I in mean before, in all capital letters, fuck this movie. No, beforehand, I thought Diana you might like this movie, so that I was like, oh, hopefully Justin doesn't totally lose his shit. And then it turns out I'm the only one here who thought this movie wasn't that bad. Oh, uh, Liam the victim. Can you chill out for a second and let me talk? Liam, you fucking like, crazy piece of shit. How about that? Oh, uh, oh, I'm the scared. piece of shit. Meanwhile, 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 when I posted that we were covering it, the general vibe was that a lot of people I know and love think this movie fucking rules, and they were worried I was gonna get on here, be my usual hmm. fun hating self, and take a shit on this movie they love. And when I informed them that in fact it was going to be you, a few of them didn't believe me. Because they were like, no, Justin likes fun. He'll love this movie. It's great. And I'm like, (laughs) you guys don't understand who Justin Lore is because he's going to hate this. What are like
2: the specific examples, though, like the stuff that people loved about this film?
0: So I think a a couple of uh, my feeling is and I'm not I don't want to say this in a way that is going to bum you guys out. But I the vibe I have is that you have to ask yourself what the movie is making fun of and what the movie, what the joke is. And based upon other people I know who like this movie, many of the things you guys are bummed on, the movie is also bummed on. That's the point of the movie that it is a movie making fun of the very things that you guys are criticizing about the movie. Now, when the movie came out, there were people who didn't agree with that, who were like, no, that's bullshit. The movie is fully invested in those things. And then other people who love the movie said, no, 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 it's making fun of those things. That's the point of the movie. And so I, I'm a little bummed to still be having that argument 12 years later. Uh, for me, some of the things you mentioned, uh, uh, the most obvious examples to me being Dane Cook and Ron Jeremy. But I think more things than that, uh, there are aspects of the movie that are very about the time that it's in that make the movie very cringy for me. Uh, obviously, Dan Cook and Ron Jeremy are the most sort of like sensitive examples, but yeah, there's also like language that doesn't work. Uh, but even like, not even talking about stuff that it, that is offensive, I think some of the humor doesn't work because it's making fun of a certain period. So, for example, this was at a time where it was very on everyone's mind to be talking about hipsters, right? This was oh this is the God. thing they mentioned in the movie. It was very mm-hmm. much 2011. Everyone was talking about hipsters, and I was the person on the internet in 2011 saying. Hipsters died in two thousand six. You're all late. You're all late to the game. These are not hipsters. They are just preppy people who live in a city. That's not what a hipster is. And I would have this argument so much that people blocked me on Twitter. Like that—that that was the vibe <laughs> of twenty eleven. Is me getting blocked for saying hipsters don't exist? Uh, and so, like those moments of the movie where it's—it's it's trying very much to be very twenty eleven are a little cringy for me. But I think the central thesis that you guys have, that the movie isn't as clever as it thinks it is, I actually don't agree with, which is a, you know, a hard point to argue with because I think it's very much so the thing that's bumming you out is that it feels like it's patting itself on the back when it's not really that smart. I actually think the writing is clever. I just don't think cleverness in and of itself makes for a good movie And I think the execution is a little too up its own ass at times, though. I do think there's a lot of skill involved. Like I actually think the flashback scene, besides being the most expensive part, because all those songs cost so much money to license. (laughs) uh, I think actually the filmmaking in that scene and in a lot of other scenes is very good. And when, if we're going to criticize the editing, which I think is fair because I'm more of a slow cinema person myself, uh, the editing was just meant to reflect the editing of everything. There, Almost everything in 2011 was edited this way. This is just a more extreme example of it. Uh, they pushed the envelope, but that's just how things were in 2011. If anything, this just feels to me very much like the time that it is making fun of 2011. The problem for me more comes in, not necessarily the vegetarian thing, Justin, because I don't care about that, but that by the end of the movie, I think the movie is funnier on paper and more interesting on paper in actual execution by the end of the movie i kind of don't care anymore uh which is not great because i don't care that much to begin with like i i don't think this is a like i know people who've given this like a five stars four star movie oh my god fucking love this movie i wasn't there at any point with this movie but i do think parts of the movie are stronger than others and by the time we get to the end I just think it's kind of lost its steam a little bit and even though there are parts of the end that I still think are like you know well done overall it just doesn't quite land for me and I think that um, something you said Justin considering I didn't hate this movie even close to as much as you did I it's kind of weird that I kind of agree with you that while I actually think it overall is more clever than you do, I don't know that I laughed as much as I should have. Like, I don't think it's, uh, as many of the jokes land, like, I, it's more a movie where I found myself being like, huh, you know, like, there was, like, a little, like, yeah, okay. But it it's nothing in the movie for me was hilarious. I mean, to, and to, that to chime in, like,
2: out. for it being a 90-minute movie, like, you shouldn't get to the end and feel like you're over it.
0: Like, I was just a little yeah. bit that's a over pretty
2: it. short that's a short film
0: like, I gotta say though I do wonder if I saw it in 2011 if I would be as skeptical on it as I am now um because I think there is a lot more Vitriol in this movie for pop culture, even as it is of pop culture, it is also making fun of the very thing that it's made of. And I think in 2011, I might been I might have been a little more stoked on that than I am now. Mm -hmm. I think seeing it fresh in 2023, I'm like, ah, come on, who cares? Like, I I just don't. (laughs) It doesn't bum me out. The the things that I think the movie's actually very cruel about and is sort of mocking. I, those things don't matter to me anymore. But in 2011, I don't know. I might have been, I might have been a little more vibing with this movie than I, than I am now. Uh, that being said, I wasn't that bummed out when Justin was like texting me, like, I find this movie unwatchable, because I kind of was like, yeah, I get that. Like, I, I I don't understand anyone who's, who doesn't get why this movie doesn't work for people is kind of strange because I, I think it's made to be abrasive. It is an abrasive movie that has utterly insane pacing and is uninterested in having a real character story. It's all about kind of a meta commentary on pop culture, but it's the sort of commentary that's like people who just read the headlines of articles on the internet and don't read the actual article. You know what I mean? Like it's that vibe. Like it references so many things without actually getting into the depths of those things. And uh, that's fine. That's whatever it is. But I think that that move, that moment where that felt maybe more vibrant, is so over that I couldn't help roll my eyes a lot of times. Even though I was less mad than you were, Justin, I still was like, uh, oh, come on, this is what we're gonna do right now." Ugh. No, it just and, and also a lot of it felt like this film existed just to be obnoxious. Which, like,
1: yeah. I, I I'm all for a film upsetting me. Obviously, if you've talked to me for more than 10 minutes, like, you know that I love getting my fucking emotional ass kicked by a movie. But this was just like, it felt like this felt like the movie equivalent of the guy driving down the highway on like a lifted truck with the big exhaust pipes just spraying black smoke everywhere. Like, it just exists to be in your fucking world and to make you know that it exists and to just be like, I'm fucking here all your attention is going to be on me because it can't be anywhere else for 90 minutes. And I I I I just I I don't I I like I don't this is going to sound super pretentious. I don't see any artistic value in that.
0: I I wish I liked this movie more so that I could go Defend to <laughs> go to battle with you because I I I am in a place where I would rate it higher than you. In fact, I think I think I did rate it on Letterbox after watching it. I would definitely rate it higher than you. But I think overall it doesn't work. So the work of me arguing with you because I think a lot of what you're saying I don't I essentially don't agree with you about the essence of this movie. However, I don't care enough about it to get into a big argument and be like, "No, nah, man, you're wrong. It's actually this." Because I think that what it is 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 more interesting than you're giving it credit for. However. Mm-hmm. It still mostly doesn't work, so I can't like be like, "No, Justin, I'm going to tell you why you're wrong." Because well, I'm like, well, still "It still kind of sucks." It's
1: you know? made me care about it. It has fucking made me care about it in a way, and I hate that. I hate it.
2: I think <gasps> it's very forgettable, and it's it's it goes to show like why when I I saw it when it came out eleven years ago, and I'm like, I can't remember why I didn't like that movie. Where like most movies, I can be like, "Oh, this is like." This is what stood out to me. Um, So I think, yeah, it's ultimately pretty forgettable, but I I don't know. I mean, I think that both arguments are valid because, like, I think that some of the dislikes that Justin and I have at the film are like the reasons that you like it, Liam.
1: I am so sorry, Diane, that you have (laughs) that you have carried the experience of seeing this film with you for 11 years. Uh, That's a burden. And then I had the DVD. Oh, my God. Oh, Lord.
2: Um, The two things I did like about the film, which sort of brings us to, like, the Scream 4 of this episode, is there's a Scream reference, which I'm like, okay, cool, that's eh, a little on the nose. Um, But then there's also a Hotel for Dogs reference, um, and Emma Roberts is in Hotel for Dogs.
0: Yeah, yeah, true, true, true. And with that... (laughs) All all I'm going to say is... I also wish I, wish I liked this movie more, right? Because then I could make a fun transition of being like, well, this movie might suck, but it succeeds at all the things that Scream 4 fails at. And that would be a really heavy thing to drop. You are actually yeah. insane if you mean that. I do mean that, but it doesn't matter. Get the fuck out of here. It doesn't matter because I actually think Scream 4 is still a better movie because it's just better yeah. executed. But everything meta about Scream 4 is an utter failure. And it's proof yeah. that meta in 2011 was dead. And Scream 4 was part of the way it got killed. Because it, mm-hmm. it, you can lay the 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 blame at Cabin in the Woods, which maybe killed meta by being the best version of it. Or you can lay the blame at something like Manborg that was so meta it didn't even make fucking sense. All of which came out in 2011, but by the way. But I really think Scream 4 might have been the moment when Scream fans, who seemed like they could have meta mainlined into their veins went, well, that was pretty good, but I think I'm done with this for a while. And, you know, mm-hmm. and that makes sense. And and then when it finally came back for whatever the last one was, Scream 5, I think it just was Scream, right? Uh, it was meta but in a different vibe that I think worked for some people and pissed off other people and yeah. whatever. So, we'll get to it. Yeah. Al- although, even though I want to shit on Scream 4 in a certain way, In another way, Diana, it is my second favorite Scream movie, uh, which is weird. And I think of of the
2: time and this like this is this is sort of why I'm I really did not like Detention, but I'm not super hard on it because it is of the time. But it's just not done well, is that you have like 2010 is probably when it was filmed, came out 2011. um, And then I saw it, you know, 2012. Um, You have like Glee came out like around that time uh twitter was new instagram was new you had like taylor swift winning a bunch of grammys which i guess like she's still doing that
0: um like (laughs) like
2: kesha had her thing like there was was, like big obama energy um memes were like just like in your face then because you had like the rick roll thing like which people thought was hilarious um so i see like a lot of this like this energy, like big 2010, 2011 energy, in like both of these films, but yep. I do really, really like um scream four for just just a lot of reasons. I think it caught me at the right time. Um, it's the last film directed by Wes Craven. Yeah. Um, yeah, it just caught yeah again, it caught me like. Caught me at the right time. I think that uh, I love the the kill count. Uh, I enjoy myself. Uh, a caulkin so Rory cauken being in it was a big draw for me. Um, but yeah. All right,
1: well let's 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 dive in. So we're gonna take a quick break, okay. and when we come back. We're gonna talk about um, we're gonna talk about the meta masterpiece over the objections of one Liam quote unquote <laughs> O'Donnell. Um, we're gonna talk about 2011 Scream Four. We'll be right back. What's your- Here is my Woodsboro Massacre Anniversary question. What is your favorite scary movie? What's your favorite scary movie? One generation's tragedy is the next one's a joke. What is your favorite scary movie, man? I'll show you.
0: This week marks the anniversary of the infamous Woodsboro
2: Murders. Local celebrity victim, Sydney Prescott, chose to return to her hometown. Welcome home, Sydney. Watch the preview of Come. What do you want? Who is this? He's trying to do ghost face. I'm standing in the closet.
1: Liar.
2: Dewey! What's going on? It is not public information. It's all over the internet. It is? <laughs> There's a killer out there patterning his murders after the original movie. It's time for someone new to die.
1: The unexpected is the new cliche. And virgins can die now.
2: Does that mean that I'm not gonna live as long as these two?
1: Clearly. To be the new version, the killer should be filming the murders.
2: Dale! Dale, behind you! Go ahead if you have the guts. Not to implicate him.
1: He can't kill Sydney. She's victim royalty.
2: Not true. Sid's expendable.
1: Point taken. Guaranteed third act main cast, bloodbath. Fingers crossed on some nudity for a change. Time for your last question. Name the remake of the groundbreaking-
2: Halloween, Texas Chainsaw, Dawn of the Dead, the Hills, Amityville Horror, Black Christmas, House of Wax, Pop Night, Bloody yeah. Valentine. It's one of those, right? None
0: of the ebba. I'll be right back. I know this one, you're not supposed to say that, are you? <laughs> have seen the look on your face
1: and we are back to talk about the most successful film when it comes to being meta <laughs> scream Four, stylized as screform uh 2011.
0: <laughs>
1: now diana this is your second favorite scream film yeah what about this movie makes it better than scream 2 scream 3 scream and scream 6
2: I mean, one it has Nev Nev in it. That's where like yes. the last one sort of lost lost me. But Nev, she's amazing. Love her. David Arquette. I love his whole like howdy doody. Like just David Arquette being David David Arquette. Um, I think that Ghostface is extremely brutal in this one, even though the killers are two like five foot five high schoolers (laughs) like the kills are extremely brutal the comebacks like on the on the phone are extremely brutal um the cold open like two false starts like that never happened in the the previous films um and then you're like you're back at woodsboro you're not at college um man adam brody is not it like that's awesome Mm -hmm. i like him um emma roberts just destroying herself at the end of the film um a a little you know oh very tongue-in-cheek with her whole her whole motive um of like wanting to be the survivor and like the only way to be popular is to get famous and like that but again like that goes back to like all the big events we were talking about how like instagram was a thing and glee was a thing like that's like of the times Um, I don't know I just always really that one really always just holds holds a special place in my heart Um, and again it could be because it's you know the last film by by Wes but um, I think yeah and it is definitely like very very meta like they with the Kirby phone call like her listing all the horror films um, yeah I really like I like that at the time like now I'm just like whatever it doesn't I don't have strong feelings either way, but, like, back when I saw it in 2011, I was like, oh, my God, she's just like me. Like, I was, like, all, like, Team Kirby, (laughs) like, back then. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, there's, like, there's just a ton of reasons, like, I would say, like, the two things that I really don't like about the film, Deputy Judy is, like, the biggest part of that film is that's so distracting about, like, just distracting every every scene that she's in i'm like you're really trying hard to make her a red herring but she's just very annoying is this marley, um, and then there's,
1: marley shelton's character yeah,
2: yeah 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 um and then there's no red right hand it's the only the only scream that doesn't have the nick cave and the bad seed song in it um and i wish it did oh shit yeah um but i like See? i mean i think it's like very it's like I think the pace as well, it has the same runtime as the original scream. So I don't think that it really like lags. It, like there's a little bit of a lag, like when it starts the house, like in the third act. But um, I think that like a lot of the stuff makes up for it, like a lot of like the um, brutality of like the final reveal and like one killer killing the other. And then like, then Sydney gets, gets injured. And um, yeah, a lot of, lots of thoughts on this one.
1: I appreciate that, Liam. How do you, how do you feel about this?
0: I mean, I also think it is the uh, second best Scream movie. Uh, I just think that some of the stuff Diana you were saying, it just like it just gets on my nerves a little bit. I think it helps. Part of I say helps. I think it hurts that I haven't just watched two and three before watching four. So this is the third time I've seen Scream four. And the first two times were both part of like a marathon I was doing of Scream movies. And if you have watched Scream Two and Three, for me, as someone who doesn't love these movies, it's a lot easier to kind of love Scream 4. I just think it's better executed. I think it it's yeah. it it moves better. I think it makes sense. I think that it really holds together well. But on this viewing, I was struck more by how hard it's trying to have commentary in all caps uh and that it it does it did distract me on this 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 watch uh not enough that i was like bummed but i just felt like i you know getting back to what i said before a little bit it's just that like I not only do I actually think detention has commentary, I think that actually some of the commentary in detention is better than anything in the actual movie. And I think with Scream 4, if they had focused more just on making a the the, the strong slasher movie that it is, and less on some of the like meta commentary stuff, I just think it would have worked better. I think there are aspects of it that are more successful than Scream. Famously, I really don't like the Script in Scream when it comes to the teens. Like, I just think the writing for the original Scream when it comes to the teens bums me out every time I watch it. I just think they're so fucking annoying and I just want all of them to die. And in this movie, they're still kind of edgy. They still kind of have a bit of a bite to them. But, like, I don't... they don't make me want to kill myself, which is how I feel when I watch the first Scream. Is that every time they talk, I'm just like, "God, someone fucking murder this person." Uh, but Scream was like a revolution. It like really changed things. It really like it really had something to do with revitalizing the genre. And even if people don't like the movie, you can't argue about the effect. And in some way, Scream Four feels like it's reaching for that in a way that feels a little thirsty to me that I just think it doesn't need to do. It just, I think, would be more successful as a movie if it just focused on the strong aspects of it as a slasher movie. And so that kind of bumps me out a little bit. Like, I wish it wasn't trying... I mean, kind of like some of what you guys felt about the tension. I just think this. it's not that this movie isn't as smart as I think it thinks it is, but it's trying too hard to have layers uh, that I think it doesn't need. That it could just be more of a of a of a of a stripped down slasher film and still be very effective, and still have some amount of that stuff because that is inherent in the franchise. But this felt like too much of it. It just it it is a bit overwhelming of the plot for me. Uh, that being said, I do like Nev Campbell in it, and of course. Uh, I, because of the transitive property of my love for Eric Roberts, I love that Emma Roberts is in this (laughs) and I love her doing her thing in it. Uh, And, you know, the Colkin is kind of underutilized. I've definitely seen him be better in other things, but he's fine as just a jerk off. Uh, But I got to agree with you. the, The reason I consistently don't think it's surprising that Emma Roberts is the killer is only because I just love Kirby so much that I'm like, Kirby is more endearing than Eva Roberts so therefore she is the killer like <laughs> Emma Roberts has to be the killer because she's just not for all this focus to be on her yet she's not as interesting as Kirby to me she's definitely going to be the killer and, and then she is. So I think that kind of, it makes sense, but I do think it's, it's almost distracting how much more endearing I find Kirby as a character. But that's also, like I said, a plus because I don't find anyone endearing in the first scream, but I still enjoy the first scream. So I don't think I need that. I just don't, I just feel like the first movie, my take on the first scream is that Wes Craven has come to hate teenagers. And that's what that (laughs) movie is about. (laughs) He hates them, and he thinks that they're going to ruin the world. And then by Scream 4, he's like, eh, they're not so bad, but I'll do this thing again. I'll just do it very well, because I'm fucking Wes Craven, and I could do a movie yeah. well, if I want yeah. to, you know? Yeah. Anyways, that's my take on it. Justin, how about you? Yeah, like I'm actually that. interested to hear this, Justin, because I know that you're not a big fan of slasher movies in general. It's not your vibe horror-wise. Yeah, but I, I know mean, you didn't hate this movie, per se. I,
1: I don't hate the Scream films. They're not my thing, because I don't really like slashers. But I have, like, a begrudging respect for them just because, like, I feel the first one, um, like I was telling Diana, it, it was an event when it happened. That was a thing. That was a monumental thing when it I came out. I was so out.
0: stoked to see it in the theater when it came out. I was beyond
1: yeah. excited. It's a mile marker for, for horror filmmaking, and that's undeniable. That's just an objective fact. Um, so, why well, I, I don't like... Or love the first one. I don't dislike it. It's like it's fine. I can, you know, I'm kind of with you in that. Like I'm like, oh fuck, you know, when there's there's all these like eloquent like teenagers just like, you know, being like very erudite and scholarly and breaking down horror films. I'm like, shut the fuck up. Like just fucking stop. It. it I don't like. I, I maybe I feel that that's like Wes Craven, Wes Craven projecting his like. This is how I actually feel about horror films at this point. I'm just gonna have these kids talk about it. I don't like the real world you know versions of those people myself. Um, uh, but by this one, I, I, I do like that this one, um, if like this is gonna sound very, very weird, but Woodsboro in this movie feels very lived in, and you can feel the history of these murders in this town. and now that they're back. You know, this this is the first movie that takes place in Woodsboro since the first one, correct?
2: Uh, yes, because there's college and there's (coughs) Hollywood and then she's back and then it's like 15 years. It's 15 years later, 15-year
0: anniversary.
1: This this, this feels, there's a sense of legacy here. There's a sense of that, like, this is a town that has experienced something, um, something horrible. Um, In a very real, like a very real-world way. Um... I felt like I was witnessing uh, like a very real anniversary of something. Uh, and I, 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 like, I, I, it didn't, it didn't annoy me as much as like, you know, all the talking about like the, um, the, you know, they're going to, they're in like a, in like a, like a they're, we're going to do like a remake. We're going to switch it up and like the, and all that shit. Like I was like, oh, this seems to stop right now. Cause it's getting on my nerves. And it, it somehow didn't like, it somehow didn't piss me off the way it, by all rates, should have. Um, I, I, I think that the Colkin in this movie, his whole, like, you know, when, when him and Kirby, they have the, their brief moment, and I'm gonna be honest, he doesn't deserve the fucking <laughs> honor. Because I am now, I'm with you guys, I'm a Kirby stan. I, <laughs> I hope that she didn't, I, I've never seen any of the Scream movies after this. I hope she didn't actually die in this one.
2: Yeah.
1: Um. Good luck with oh, that. Oh,
2: you but. gotta watch them.
0: Okay, I will. Maybe I'll watch them tonight. <laughs> I, I still haven't watched six. I just wasn't interested in six, but I did watch the one. I,
2: I like. I I liked six a lot. I felt like it was it was closer to the uh, the first film and okay. four than the other one. So take yeah. that. You know um, how, how you will.
1: I'm with you in that. I felt Marley Shelton's character was a little overbearing and distracting and obvious. Uh, it was a little like, all right, we get it. Like she's. I mean, it's also kind of sad because weren't like when this movie was being made, this is like right when like David Arquette and Courtney Cox were like getting divorced. Right. Like it was like around yeah. this time. So mm-hmm. that felt like a little awkward. Um,
2: also, she wasn't the first. Marley Shelton wasn't the first choice in that role. Oh, really? Like, that role. Yeah, that role was recast. I think it was. Um, oh, gosh, there's a I can't think of what her name is. There's a. um I think what the original actress says but she got recast like last minute and also um um oh god emma roberts mom in the film was recast
0: oh okay yeah yeah yeah, um,
2: yeah. last minute but, i
0: i i yeah. do think the 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 that particular role it you know there needs to be a red herring in these movies that's like a staple of the movie is a red herring it's never believable it's just like the red herring doesn't just have to be a character I don't like, right? Like it just should just it should be a character that I actually have suspicion, and I just didn't ever feel it. It 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 almost felt like a unexplored plot thread. Like we're just going to throw this out there, but it doesn't matter. Now useless red herrings are for me one of my favorite things about actual Giallo films. So mm-hmm. uh, in some ways I should like that, but in in reality it just felt like a distraction, and I was. Frustrated by it as well, though I don't have anything against that actress. Like, I think she's good, it's just that that particular role was so underwritten and just felt like it was more about their relationship, which I just didn't need in the movie, you know? Yeah, yeah, I agree. It, yeah. It, it
1: felt it was a little, I mean, let me be clear ultimately, I liked it because it gave Courtney Cox a reason to be like extra bitchy, which I just like, I just shoot that <laughs> that's shit right no, <laughs> that's, just fair. Fucking, that's fair, I just wanted to eat yeah. that shit with no, a fucking yeah. spoon. Um, but no, like, I mean, I know we disagree with this, but like, ultimately, I, I, I think this movie is a film that is as clever as it thinks it is. I just, I don't know, something about it, like, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's the heavy hand of Wes Craven (coughs) making his, his ironclad decree, and I'm giving it respect because there's a filmmaker I respect behind it, as opposed to whoever made Detention. But yeah, it's just like, you know, like we, you, you guys have talked about the open, like the cold openings, how like there was like two in a row. And I was like, okay, that two was fine. A third one would have been too much. Maybe one would have been too little.
0: But the fact that they did it twice, I was, I was invested in it. Like I really appreciated yeah. that. And I, I would have hated it and really thought it was <laughs> stupid, but it was literally Veronica Mars stabbing Sookie. And I was yeah. like, you know, I, I will pay for the you know the the good place lady to stab rogue as many times <laughs> i just make a movie of just that because that's why i was into it normally that like we're doing it twice i would have been like get the fuck out of here i don't yeah. know I, I i here's the thing
1: I, I think the stab movies and the concept of stab is done like i didn't buy cinder hella at all not not for a fucking second i was like there's that's not funny it's not clever I've always thought that the STAB movies in the Scream universe, um, I, I, I I, think they're, like, meant to be as ridiculous as Scream is. Because, like, Scream yeah. is borderline hokey as a title. It's borderline ridiculous.
2: Yeah. Well, the original title was Scary Movie. Oh, thank
1: Christ they didn't go with that. Actually, no. I know, right? I'm, I'm sad they didn't go with that because then we wouldn't get the fucking shit fuck asshole fest that is the scary movie movies
2: yeah um something that i do love about that cold open which i i wrote this down because i was like oh this is kind of detention adjacent they say stab five has time travel it's by yes. far the fir- the worst one
1: yes yeah <laughs> so yeah no i don't know i really i you know this isn't gonna convert me you know to like a slasher fan um but i think for what it is i think it's really well done i think it's a worthy uh, addition to a a franchise that is you know even though it's not my favorite i under i understand why it's endearing or why it's enduring and why so many people uh diana included you know are really in love with this, 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 this with these movies like i i i get it this is a good example of like this is a sequel this is the f- part 4 which um, I think the only good part for is would you, Liam, would you agree with me and say Hellraiser Bloodlines is the best part for? You don't have to say get it. The, I know you agree. Fuck I know of. you agree with, me. I, I you agree so with me. I know you agree with me. I know um, you agree with me. Um No, but I mean like most most slasher franchises would have run out of steam by now, and I just think this movie is like this is a fine example of a film that like objectively still has still has it it's still it's it, it's still it still has it going um uh, unfortunately the the next scream movie was spoiled for me by 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 social media so i know that a certain deputy doesn't make it out alive r.i.p um mm-hmm. but like i don't know i just i i just felt like this movie was like we got the gang back together and we fucking you know they they, they, they still they still did it like i yeah. think it was successful.
2: I also want to give a shout out to the the town that they filmed Scream for in. It's called Northville. It's in Michigan. I, I went there a few years ago um, and it's very like you were talking about it, it looks like the movie feels very lived in and it feels like it was an actual anniversary of whatever happened. And like I think like that has something to do with like it being filmed like actually like in a real life town, small town, um, and they filmed all over the town. I um, mean it's just like the cutest, the cutest little like white picket fence town you'll ever see. <laughs>
1: it's always, it's always neat when they find like the, the perfect town for stuff like that. Like I remember when um when Andy Muschietti's It was being was about to be released and they were showing the town that they'd filmed uh dairy that, that was dairy, and I was like, fuck, I didn't know they could get a town that was that perfect. That that is exactly mm-hmm. that is exactly as I as I as I pictured it. And I think like I th- I think this the town that they filmed this in is perfect cuz it kind of has that like that vibe of like suburbia but also like kind of on the way up and like urbane suburbia if that makes any sense yeah. like it's the exact kind of town that like that would breed these fucking murderous little dipshits like these <laughs> kids who are obsessed with social media and also obsessed with like fucking killing each other it's exactly the kind of town that that would that 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 would produce yeah. these kind of people yeah i agree so you guys got anything else to say about uh
0: about the fourth entry in the scream franchise any closing words i i want to say more negative things about it just to counterbalance you because you were so mean about the tension that i just want to like be mean about this one i know in reality but i do think it's more you're a maid of is, god i respect that i do think it is more charming and uh even if there are parts of it that really kind of like don't work for me, uh I just the the there is some part of me, right, that thinks that uh there's someone who's gonna listen to this and go, these Lame fucks would love scream four and hate detention. Like, I think that <laughs> there's a detention fan who's like, Yeah, you wouldn't understand detention because you like scream four so much. And I want to like understand where that person's coming from. 629 but some, West Milton Street, the but, but at some deep level, it's just I'm just gonna like Scream 4 more because it is more charming and it is less invested in an idea. I just think there's more going on with detention than. Either one of y'all are giving it credit for. However, if you ask me, which one do you want to watch right now? I'm going to choose Scream 4, even though there are parts of it that I think are more stupid than you are admitting. Mm. Uh, I think there are some almost unforgivably stupid parts of Scream 4.
1: All right. Tell me a part. Okay. Jesus Christ forgave the fucking Romans who crucified him. Sure. And they hung him from a cross, Liam. Did you know Uh that? I've I've heard that that story. You've heard that story. Tell
0: me what you cannot (laughs) forgive that is worse than (laughs) crucifying a man. Uh, you're right, Justin. You win. I, I had not taken the cross into account yeah, you didn't. in you my didn't. review of Scream 4. <laughs> uh, but it is... And, and, you know, again, I haven't watched Scream 2 and Scream 3 in a long time, so maybe I would find them less frustrating.
1: All I remember uh, about so. Scream 3 is that Leave Schreiber dies in the beginning, and I was like, I don't want to watch the rest of this. <laughs> oh,
2: that was cotton weary. Cotton. I love cotton. Oh. Um, so for me, I think that I could have been on this episode and talked about any of the Scream films and had, like, just as much positive things to say just because sure. I really yeah, like yeah, the yeah. the franchise as a whole. And, of course, I have, like, I have a ranking of which ones I like more, which ones I, like, go back to more often. But I think that I there's something that could be, um, you know, said for... I think the franchise as a whole, like stays true to the original stays true to Wes's vision. It also helps that like Kevin Williamson, the writer of the film is like still involved with the new films. Um, And I'm just, you know, I'm just going to defend the scream franchise (laughs) no matter what. So I think that uh, that's pretty much what I have to say is that even though I don't think that scream Four is like the best film of all time. I think that there are a lot of redeeming qualities. And if you're into slasher films whether they're meta films or not i think there's something to um like about the film
1: excellent i appreciate that hmm. A- anything else liam are you done are you done fucking hating on the greatest movie of all
0: time <laughs> that i should be saying that to you i w- i really wish i should have had someone sub in for me that actually liked detention oh, so there could have been an actual discussion but i like i just can't do it y'all i just can't i feel bad to all those people listening, it's probably like one person who liked that movie. Uh, but yeah, Scream 4 is pretty, pretty, pretty good. Uh I I uh I find it I find it more comforting to watch, certainly, than something as fucking insane as detention. So <laughs> oh wow. Well. Oh well. Hey, more importantly, something that I always enjoy is uh Diana's podcast, uh Jial of the Month Club. Everyone should listen to it. Uh, Not just my, in fact, skip my episode. Listen to every other episode, but my episode, please. Where can we listen to it at?
2: Uh, You can listen to it everywhere. It's it's on Spotify, uh, hosted on Anchor FM. You can listen to it on iTunes or Apple Music. I'm not sure what it's called nowadays. Um, any, literally any podcast streaming service. It's on. Um, it comes out monthly. Uh, it's the Jolo of the Month Club. Uh, The next episode will be out in. Well, of course, before September ends, and yeah, it's, it comes out monthly, and then I do occasionally uh, interviews in between, and you can find it on social media at Jalo Club on Twitter and Instagram. I try to um, post every day when when the episode drops, just because sometimes there's a lot of uh like cool screen grabs and cool imagery to to put out to folks.
1: Cool. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I really I really love when there are people who are like who who hear the nonsense that I come up with and they're like I'm going to be on this <laughs> show and shoot the show so i really do appreciate that thanks for
2: having me and thank you for letting me talk about a non-jalo film because even though i do only watch like once one a month it's like everyone thinks i'm an expert and that i like really love watching them and like that's totally not what my podcast is about it's more about like dissecting like whatever's special about that particular movie um and it was really cool just watching like even though i didn't love the tension watching something that was just like so far different than like an old school like 1970s murder mystery with like a shitty husband's (laughs) planning like pinning a murder on his like wife or like tricking her into like see things that she i don't know it gets repetitive and it was really cool just like talking about movies that i uh um you know i I like especially scream Four and you know i appreciate you guys having me on good all right well that's the episode
1: Diana, thank you again. I know we sound like a broken record, but thank you. Um, you guys should go check out. You should head to our Patreon, patreon.com backslash to give us fucking money to take the money out of your wallet and put it in our digital wallet. Like real money, not like cryptocurrency, like actual money. Cryptocurrency is like two levels removed from reality. Um, can also be sure to check out www.xlvacx.com for some of their quality printing services. Some quality coffee at sxcoffeeroasters.com and some quality digital media bullshittery at mechanicalsharkmedia.com um, and be sure to check out some of our other podcasts like, you know, like Cinepunks, like Liam's other podcast and his other other podcast Cinemish Mortgage Board. They just did a fucking some movie with Steve Buscemi
0: Animal animal Factory.
1: Yeah, Animal Factory. It's pretty good. It's okay. It's fine. He he directed it. Oh, did he? I didn't know that. And uh, until next time, fuck Elon Musk forever. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Take care, you guys. Agreed.
0: Each episode will share three stories about all the weird things they tell you not to believe.
2: Weird, obscure, and possibly unsafe. Available anywhere you get your podcasts! Hey.